Hey everyone, Steven Jensen here. Normally we'd have Jesse Davin on the show, but obviously she has just given birth to her second daughter this past Sunday during the Royal Rumble. I mean, what timing, right? So it's just me today. I'm going to be hanging out with y'all talking Royal Rumble, talking about the show, getting y'all's thoughts on it. I'm going to rely heavily on the chat today. So uh, Jesse's probably watching right now. I talked to her right before the show and she was literally, like, introducing her new daughter to Scarlett, like, as we were texting. So, like, obviously she has a lot of very important things going on right now. But I didn't want to leave y'all just high and dry and, you know, not do any shows. So I wanted to make sure to jump on and talk to y'all today. So uh, I see everyone here in the chat. Thank y'all so much for joining. We got Dylan in the chat. We got JGZ in the chat. We got Cool King in the chat. Um, if I'm missing anyone, you know, send your names out there. Uh, this is going to be a really interactive chat. Um, obviously, if you have a super chat or donation, then I will make sure to deep dive and try to give your money's worth on uh, on your question or your statement or anything you want to say on the air. So, uh, yeah, we'll just hang out today and see how this goes. And honestly, I'll probably do one of these. If y'all enjoy this, like just kind of me hanging out with y'all, I'll probably do this every day the rest of the week. Like I have a pretty late, late work schedule this week, so I might even go live tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, maybe even over the weekend. So we'll see how it's going. But uh, I'm just looking forward to, you know, hearing from y'all and, and uh, you know, getting everyone's thoughts on the Royal Rumble. Because I thought it was a good show, personally. And y'all know me at this point. Like, I'm, I I do not enjoy the WWE product, uh, as far as Monday Night Raw is concerned. Uh, SmackDown looks to be really good lately. But um, the Royal Rumble, I thought, was a really good show from top to bottom. So I'm looking forward to hearing what y'all think about it. And, uh, and like I always say, the Super Chats and donations, I will make sure to deep dive and uh, talk about that stuff for y'all. Uh, we got Best, best of Max Gaming, ha hashtag PokeyFam. Uh, congrats, sis, on the baby. Yeah, congratulations to Jesse. I mean, I am so happy for her. Like, <laughs> so, so I was watching the Royal Rumble, and Jesse texted me when she was on the way uh, to the hospital. So I get this message that's like, hey... I think it's happening right now. Like we're heading to the hospital. Like this baby's coming basically. And I was like, wow. So I'm like watching the Royal rumble and didn't hear anything for a while. And then I get a text message like after the show and it was Jesse saying that everything went good. Uh, told me, you know, I mean, I was just, I was just so I couldn't go to sleep until I had heard from her and I didn't hear from her until probably like one or two in the morning. So it was one of those things where like, Big, obviously, I'm just a friend of hers, uh, but I'm so happy for her family. I mean, it's just, it's just really great that like everything went so good. You know, like everything seems, she seems healthy, the the daughter seems healthy, the family seems good. I mean, it's like knock on wood. Don't want to jinx anything, but like, you know, I was, you know, I get concerned as a friend. Like, I want to make sure everything goes good. So I'm really, really, really happy that uh. That things have worked out how they have for her and uh and the rest of her family just so awesome um what else we got we got cory or sorry kogan uh spory i'm probably butchering your last name in the chat uh asked if i'm still doing live streams with doug i i hope to um i actually talked to doug almost i talked to him right before this actually i talked to doug almost every day um and i don't want to spoil anything that's might be going on over on his channel, but you know, he's been putting out some videos lately and, uh, I don't want to, I, I don't want to steal his thunder. I, he has some pretty cool ideas that I think y'all are going to really enjoy on his channel. And, uh, whenever he wants me on there, I'm happy to join. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, us being free at the same time. 
he's obviously, you know, he has a family of his own. Um, it's different for me because, like, I'm single. I live by myself. I don't have kids. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I can just kind of do this stuff whenever. Uh, but, you know, I obviously never hold it against anybody that they have, like, you know, stuff going on in, in their personal lives and with their families. Obviously, that stuff is much more important. But I uh, I would love to, uh, to do more stuff with Doug. Uh, he's obviously a big inspiration for me even starting podcasting and stuff. I watched him and him and Bill, their videos um, are legendary as far as I'm concerned, as far as, you know, YouTube, uh, especially within the, uh, the pro wrestling space. Um, what else we got going on in the chat today, guys? Um, let's see. People really liking Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley showings in the Rumble. I agree with that 100%. I think they both look fantastic. Uh, Dylan says, Raw last night was solid. Dude, yeah, no, I'll agree. Like, I, uh, there's definitely, it's always going to have its moments for me, you know, where like, for instance, and I'm not knocking anybody who is a fan of this, but I'm just not huge on the Alexa Bliss, Bray Wyatt, uh, Randy Orton stuff. Like, I think it's really cheesy. I understand that they're, they're going to have an audience for that stuff. Um, it just isn't, I'm just not one of the people who enjoys it. I think it's, I think it's gotten really old really quickly. Um, but most of the stuff has been solid. Because even, even Edge, right? Like, Edge looks really old, but he can still move around. He can still get it done in the ring, it looks like. Um, I think Christian looked awesome in the Royal Rumble. Uh, I didn't see that coming at all, him him coming back. Uh, I mean, really good stuff. Drew and, Drew and Goldberg was probably better than expected, you know? Like, uh, let's see what else we got going on. Any guys, any questions y'all have, feel free to just ask away. Uh, and once again, as always, the Super Chats donations... Me and me and Jesse split those still, even though I'm doing this solo. Like, you know, so anything that you send to me will also be helping her and her family out. So shows just like normal as far as as far as all that goes. Any donations, super chats, anything along those lines is getting split between me and Jesse still because we want to make sure to help her out. She wants to be here, obviously. She just has a lot more important things going on today. Um, JGZ says he popped for Christian and Carlito in the Rumble. Oh yeah, me too. The Carlito in the Rumble was my biggest markout moment of the whole show. I think I, and he looked great, right? I mean, that dude looks like he is ready to have like a full on run in the WWE right now. Like he he looks ready to go. It reminded me of MVP last year when uh when he came back for the Rumble, and then I thought it was going to be like a one off. And fast forward a year and he's been a part of one of the most important stories on raw the entire year with the hurt business. And I really think he's helped out Lashley tremendously and Shelton Benjamin, uh, two guys that I are, are just are not good on the microphone, but they're really good in the ring and having MVP as their mouthpiece, I think has has worked really, really well. And then Cedric Alexander is kind of like the wild card in the group. Um, but he's, he's doing really good work. So you know, I could see Carlito maybe coming back and kind of being like MVP, maybe like a part-time uh, situation. I saw that Christian is going to be part-time as well. Uh, JGZ says, as soon as I heard Carlito's entrance music, I marked out hard. Same here. Right when I heard him spit that apple spit noise. I I, I literally, I was watching uh, with my friend and one of my, my brother and one of my friends. And when I heard that, that spit noise, I like put my arms up in the air, like, and they both looked at me, and I was like, it's Carlito. And they were like, oh, shit, it's Carlito. <laughs> um, Kogan says, I still have a bad Apple pendant from way back in the day. Love seeing Carlito again. Yeah, I think a lot of people were really upset uh, that Carlito wasn't on Legends Night. And uh, it was really good to see him at the Royal Rumble instead. I kind of wish all that Legend Legends Night stuff, uh, all that talk wouldn't have happened at this point. Because Carlito would have been a 
way bigger surprise probably if not but it was still it was still so much fun i really really enjoyed that um anything else from y'all before i get into this because I'm, I'm gonna just go through the card and, and just review it all the way up uh deshaun turner thank you so much deshaun hitting us with the five dollar super chat says roman should remain undefeated with title until 2022 that's how good he is right now dude i totally totally agree with that um i would say and I don't know if I wish the notification came up uh Deshaun you should have had a notification pop up there for that super chat I'm not sure if that's just lagging or what's oh you know what it is no I don't know what's going on but I, I see it there Deshaun thank you so much I would have a personally I'd have Roman Reigns yeah I, I wouldn't have him lose for for definitely for the foreseeable future um I could see you know I think he definitely retains at the role or at Wrestlemania the only oh and there's the notification for deshaun just took a second um the uh so this is the big question right is edge gonna wrestle roman reigns or drew mcintyre at wrestlemania assuming they're both still the champion by wrestlemania which i think is pretty safe to say at this point um if he wrestle if edge wrestles roman reigns i think Reigns needs to win. Like, I'm sorry, Edge. I love Edge just as much as the next guy. I mean, I have all the old, you know, rated R merchandise uh, from, you know, back in the day and got his action figures and stuff. Like, I, I'm a big Edge fan. I was a big fan of Edge and Christian. But if he wrestles Roman, Roman needs to win. The momentum is just, his momentum is, is really something we haven't seen in a long time in the WWE. And the amount of interest I have in what he's doing is something I haven't had in the WWE in a long time. Um, but if Edge wrestles Drew McIntyre, I'd be okay with Edge uh, winning the title from Drew McIntyre. It'd be a feel-good story. I don't think Drew gets, like, super ridiculously hurt by it. Because he can always win it back. Or they, They've done a good job with Drew McIntyre this past year for the most part. Um, and it isn't his fault that there's no crowds around and stuff like that. He just he was the champion just, like, the worst possible time. Um, but I, I would be okay with Edge beating Drew because... As much as good as Drew has been, and in my honest opinion, I think Roman Reigns is like way up here. And then you have like Drew McIntyre, and then you kind of have like the rest of the roster. But like Roman really stands on his own to me right now. Um, and I would not have him losing. If he wrestles The Rock, I'd have him beat The Rock clean. Um, anyone else, if, if uh, Brock Lesnar comes back, I'd have Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar clean. Um, I would just have Roman just rolling over everybody. And then. Uh, like Deshaun says, in 2022, maybe by then uh, there's enough time. Maybe even 2023. Like, Bill, we need some outliers in the WWE. You know, there's too much 50-50 booking in the company. We need some guys and some girls to just be above the rest. And the reason for that is because eventually, then a second, a third, maybe a fourth. You know, like you needed that Stone Cold Steve Austin. And then like that really, you know, when the Rocket and with there was Stone Cold and they were having the matches that they were having, the feuds they were having, that's, in my opinion, what really put the Rock on that same level with Steve Austin. And then you had guys like Triple H, you know, getting up on towards that level too at the same time. Mankind and all these guys who were kind of floating around towards upper mid card. But it isn't possible, in my opinion, to break through to the next, the next level unless you have those people to, to work with. And Roman Reigns doesn't have any of those people. Like, John Cena is the last one of those people they had. And, and when they tried Cena and Roman Reigns, that was still when Roman was being totally rejected by the, uh, by the audience. And it didn't wind up working how they wanted it to. Now we need that guy. And it should be Roman. Uh, he should be above everybody for a while. And then when someone like 
I don't know, uh, you name, insert superstar's name here. I mean, it could even be someone like Cesaro, who, like, we feel like is a lost cause at this point in the WWE, even though we all agree that he's incredible. But imagine if, like, they gave him a good push, and then he beat Roman Reigns, like, two years from now, after Roman beat everyone else. Like, then, all of a sudden, it's like you have another guy on that level. But you you need that. You know, you, you need those kind of guys. And that's what they should do with Roman, in my opinion. He should really, really, really... Uh, be a, pretty much an unstoppable force the next couple of years, in my opinion. Let's see what people think about that. Uh, Kogan says, "I'll start with uh, I'll start with Dylan." Says shouldn't be uh, losing for a very long time. Like I just said, totally agree. Um, Dylan also says he thinks Edge and McIntyre. I think Edge and McIntyre makes the most sense personally at WrestleMania, but. Does the dub? I mean, I think the story. Well, it's two completely different stories. I think at the end of the day, like either way for Edge, the story is he's trying to become the champion that the win the back the, the belt he never lost. Basically, um, you know, he was the world champion, not the WWE champion at the time. But not that that really technically matters. The Universal Title didn't even exist. Um, you know, when he when he retired, so. You know, either way, the story for Edge is trying to get that world title back. But the dynamics of those stories are completely different depending on if it's Drew or if it's Roman. Because if it's Drew, you know, it's pretty much Drew just defending a title belt that he's held and and pretty much held since last WrestleMania outside of that short time when he lost it to Orton and then won it back. Um, But with Roman, it's like this vicious killer who, like, it, it, the character's totally different, and I feel like Roman needs to dominate Edge. But for McIntyre, it's more of just kind of like that that fighter who's, you know, defending against the number one contenders constantly. For Roman, it's like proving a point and being the head of the table. You know, it's 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 t- dynamically, it's totally different, but it, ultimately, it's the same story. And I think that the, the endings of those stories are totally different, though, because I think Roman Reigns, like I said, I think Roman would have to beat Edge. I think that'd be a big mistake to put to put Edge over Roman Reigns, but if Edge beat Drew McIntyre, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And it's nothing against Roman. It's, or sorry, nothing against uh, Drew. It's just, I could see Drew maybe winning it back from Edge. Roman just needs to, they, I, I really can't say enough. I, I can't say enough good things about how I feel about Roman Reigns right now. I really love what they're doing with him and, and, and how he's executing it. Um, throwback says, what's good, bud? Throwback. Welcome back to the chat, bro. Good to have you in here. Uh, what else we got? Kogan says, assuming they do Roman versus Rock at next year's WrestleMania, I'd be cool with that. I just don't think it needs to be a title match. I mean, I'm okay with it being a title match as long as Roman retains. You know, I just don't want another CM Punk type scenario where, you know, The Rock comes in, beats Roman Reigns, and then, you know, that seems like it'd be the perfect ending to that story because then The Rock's like, you know, I'm the head of the table and blah, blah, blah. But, and he kind of frees his family from Roman Reigns. But to be honest, I'd like to, I mean, the, the, the big issue with the WWE is that, is that star thing that I'm talking about. Like not having those outliers, not having people who are larger than life, legitimate outside of wrestling superstars, you know, and for the rock to just come back and, you know, and just beat Roman Reigns. I don't, I just don't think that that helps anything or anybody. And, you know, maybe it, it pops a, a good pay-per-view rating because people are watching because, you know, The Rock's back. But if you're going to have The Rock go over somebody when he comes back, don't do it against the WWE champion or universal champion. I just don't think it makes any sense anymore to, to do that. It seems like, it seems counterproductive to me. 
Uh, JGZ says, I wonder if Cesaro will resign with WWE. Um, if I, well, I can't speak for him. I don't know what his motivations are. I don't know, you know, what's best for him and his family. So I, but as a fan, I would love to see him leave because I think he would be incredible in AEW with the roster they have over there. And they could give him like a half hour, like 40 minute matches and stuff. Like just tear the house down. So I feel the same way about a lot of wrestlers, by the way, that are currently under WWE contract, but uh, Cesaro would be like at the top of my list of guys where like I would love to see him get out of the company and see what he does outside of the company again because there's still some moves I've seen him do on the indies before he signed with the WWE that he I still have not seen him use in, in the WWE like he has so many tricks up his sleeve that he hasn't even shown in the last like decade I mean he would I think he did the indie scene in AEW like a I mean he, he'd be massive again Let's see. Dylan says, I'm assuming if Dan O'Brien wins the chamber, he faces Roman at Mania. I think that's a pretty good call. I mean, it seems like a, a lot of people want to see Roman Reigns versus Drew Mac Sorry, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan. And I'm, I'm one of those people. You know, I picked Daniel Bryan to win the Rumble. Obviously, I was incorrect. But I, I think that that's the best match you could have for Roman as far as like if they gave those guys like a half hour to go out there and just tear the house down, you know, everyone wins. You know, regardless of, you know, if Roman wins or if Daniel Bryan wins, which, by the way, I think Roman should win. But I think that match would be awesome. The story would be awesome. You know, at the Royal Rumble, which I'll talk about in a second, I thought that um, the Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens match was really, really, really good until they, you know, screwed up and they couldn't get the handcuffs off of Roman at the end. Uh, but the rest of the match I thought was really, really good. So uh, so that all being said, guys, I think I'm all pretty much caught up on the chat right now. I'm going to go through the card. And once again, this is why the super chats and donations are important. I will make sure to veer away from where I'm at and answer your questions and all that good stuff. Even if you have a, a statement, something you want to say about this show, or if it's AEW related, if it's Impact Wrestling related, if it's uh, professional or um, UFC, MMA related, anything like that. Um, you know, hit hit me up with that super chat and the donation. And once again, thank you to Deshaun Turner for the super chat a few minutes ago. Uh, I'll read this one from Kogan real quick before I get into this. He says, "I don't mind WWE scaling back move sets if wrestlers do the move the cool moves all the time. It becomes a lot special. The problem is they don't do the special moves for big matches or moments." Yeah, I'm with you there. And I think that's part of why we haven't seen some of these moves. Like, I think if, if like, Cesaro, for instance, was main eventing WrestleMania, he'd do some of those moves that I'm talking about. Uh, there's still some moves that Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens used to do that, you know, I think, I think they don't do anymore because they're pretty dangerous moves. But I think it's something where also, I think they would do some of that stuff if it was a big enough match. So, all right. So, starting off in this show, we'll just start at the, uh, at the pre-show and move on uh, all the way through the card. We had Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defeating Oscar and Charlotte Flair. This, I thought it was, you know, it was a decent match. Charlotte and Oscar lose the belts back really quickly. You know, I, I guess I saw it coming and I, and I did pick Nia and Shayna in my predictions with, uh, with Brad Pedersen. So, you know, I, I feel like the, I'm just going to be honest. I don't really care about these title belts. I just don't. You know, I feel like they kind of hot potatoed around and they're all kind of like random teams of girls that kind of don't have anything else going on most of the time. There doesn't seem to be many like actual tag teams in 
any of the divisions. And this just goes to show you how little they matter. I mean, this was this was relegated to the pre-show of the of the pay-per-view. So, but I will say the talent involved. Like, I think Oscar's great. I think Charlotte's great. I think uh, Shayna's great. Not a huge fan of Nia. Um, it has a lot to do with the way she wrestles and uh, kind of the track record. But it just is what it is. I will say though that I think Shayna and uh, Shayna and Nia are an interesting dynamic as a team. With Shayna being like the big, uh, you know, the the MMA fighter with the submissions and ground and pound and the striking, and then Nia, who's just like the big powerhouse. I mean, I, it, it is a pretty interesting tag team. It's just, I just don't really care at the end of the day about those title belts. Um, after that, so this is when things get really interesting for me. So, in my predictions, I took Goldberg, which I even said at the time I was like, this is a bad prediction. You shouldn't. You shouldn't agree with me here, but I said Goldberg, you know, he's a much, as crazy as it is, in 2021, Goldberg is still a bigger star and a more recognizable name and person person and likeness uh, as anyone in the WWE right now. Outside of, like, maybe Roman Reigns, and you can't count John Cena because he's not really there, but I, I think John Cena is obviously, you know, at this point, he's a much bigger star than Goldberg is, but... I figured WWE with them moving to Peacock and, you know, Goldberg could kind of, I, I assumed that they would just put the belt on Goldberg because they did it last year with The Fiend, so why wouldn't they do it with Drew McIntyre? You know, that's just kind of how I felt about it. Um, that being said, I was pretty relieved that Drew won. Like, as a purist fan, like as somebody who, you know, wants to see the next generation and, and the sport evolving and stuff, I was really happy to see Drew um, I was really happy to see Drew retain that title. Um, and the match itself went two minutes and 32 seconds long, which is fine. That's pretty much what you expect. On my Wrestle Rumble predictions, I predicted less than four minutes, so I was right about that. And it's what you expected. You know, it was a, it's what a Goldberg match is. It's what a Brock Lesnar match is at this point, pretty much. It's, it's people spamming finishers. It's playing the video game and starting with five special moves at a finisher and you just do like three or four of those and and that's it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so for uh, for what it was, I was okay with it. You know, Drew's, uh, Drew's Claymores looked pretty damn good. Like it looked like he was nailing those on him and you know. I don't know. What do y'all think? Let me see what y'all think about that one in the chat because that was a really polarized... I think most people wanted Drew to win and expected Drew to win, but because of the track record with Goldberg, I think that... Like, that's what made the match fun for me, though, was that uncertainty of, like, wow, they might do this again with Goldberg like they did last year. Uh, JGZ says, Shannon's booking has been dreadful. I totally agree there. I think she should have been... She could be at, like, the at that top level right now easily. She definitely has the talent. And they really missed the boat when uh, when Ronda Rousey was still there. They could have had Shayna take her out, you know? Like, that would have been huge for Shayna's career because Ronda hasn't been seen in over a year at this point anyways. Like, they could have done something with that and they didn't, so dropped the ball there. Uh, Billy Kay has been entertaining. Yeah, she's all right. I like Peyton Royce a lot better personally, though. Just, like, in the ring, I, I think I think Peyton Royce has a really really bright future in the ring. I think Billy Kay's future is more as like a manager commentator type type because I think she gets more over with uh, the way she talks and the way she carries herself and stuff. Whereas Billy Kay, I think is like 
pretty pretty good in the ring, and I think that they could really do a lot more with her as a wrestler. Um, I think they shouldn't have they shouldn't have split those two up. They should have had Billy Kay do a singles run and have Peyton Royce be her manager on the outside. I think that would have worked better for both of them personally. And that's not a knock on Billy Kay. It's just you know I think some people are just better in the ring than others. You know, and I I just don't think Billy Kay is that great in the ring. But but Peyton Royce shows a lot of potential. Um, let's see. Dylan says it was like if Goldberg won the WWE title, I would wreak havoc all over my bedroom. Yeah, I think a lot of people would have lost their minds if Goldberg would have won. Uh, JG says he would have locked himself in a room for a couple days. Um, Kogan says, if Mac, oh, sorry, McIntyre won, that's all I care about. Goldberg put him over, and I appreciate that. Yeah, and he even told him after the match, he was like, you passed the test, which was kind of cheesy, but, I mean, storyline-wise, it's fine, you know. And I guess the big question now for Goldberg is, does he wrestle again? Because last year they were building towards Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, and obviously they, I mean, I highly doubt that's what we get this year. It would make no sense for Goldberg to wrestle Roman now after losing to Drew and losing to Strowman at WrestleMania. So I wonder what they'll do with Goldberg next, because I really don't want it to get to any point where, like, it's one of those things, right? Like, Goldberg, the reason Goldberg works at all within the context of current WWE is because of how dominant he has been. Like the way that he came in, you know, after his long hiatus and beat Brock Lesnar in like a minute 30 and the way that he, you know, came back and beat, you know, Dolph Ziggler and the fiend and, and this, that kind of stuff. But if we just see him going out there now and losing in a few minutes to Strowman, to McIntyre, who, you know, people that WWE is positioned as, you know, really, really high up there in the, in the, the pecking order for sure. But if Gore and Goldberg, his match with the Undertaker was atrocious and, and, you know, he lost that one. And it's one of those things where like at a certain point beating Goldberg won't really mean that much if he's always losing. So I'm interested to see how they use him going forward or if that's just it for him. Or if he gets into an Undertaker type scenario where he's like, chasing that dragon and he's coming back for one more match trying to like walk away with like that one perfect moment which that is a uh i see that in mixed martial arts a lot more well i shouldn't say a lot more but it's it's the, it's the same kind of idea you see it in mma and pro wrestling a lot where in pro wrestling it's a little different because people can be protected you know it isn't a real fight obviously there's a lot of physicality to it but you know if like if Hulk Hogan wanted to wrestle another match, which I'm not recommending, but if he did, hypothetically speaking, they could take a lot of shortcuts, and he really wouldn't have to move around and do much. But in like MMA, the opponent is like looking to take you out. You know what I mean? So obviously it's a little bit different, but the idea is the same. Where it's like they you want to go out on like a good memory on like that big, like, all right, I felt good about that. I can hang my boots up. And for some guys, it's way harder than others to just walk away. You know, that's why it's so nice to see certain people leave at the top of the game. Like Henry Cejudo left as USC champ, left as USC champion. Habib Nurmagomedov left as USC champion uh, recently, you know, guys who can walk away at the top. I think it's, uh, it's really great to see. And they get out with their health most of the time too. Uh, in the chat, hit you with the reel. There's Doug, by the way, uh, Kogan, who was asking if I was going to be doing anything with Doug anytime soon. There is Doug in the chat with the new name, hit you with the reel. 
says, is Drew facing Sheamus and Mania? If not, what makes sense? Dude, so that's, honestly, that's what I think is going to happen. Because, you know, beginning of Raw, obviously, you know, Sheamus turned on Drew, hit him with the, uh, hit him with the Brogue kick. I don't know if they're going to do that, though, at Mania, or if they'll do that at, like, Elimination Chamber. And I think they have Fastlane also before Mania. So we, maybe it's there. Um, if Drew isn't facing Sheamus, I mean, I think it should be Drew and Edge. But I think it's also really possible it's Roman and Edge. I really don't know what, what they're going to do with that. So that would be my answer. I think as of right now, as of right now, I'm leaning towards Edge versus Roman and Drew versus Sheamus. But if we get Edge versus Drew, I think, you know, I think that's totally possible as well at Mania. We got to see how it all kind of plays out and, and when it, when Edge makes that announcement of who he's going to wrestle at, uh, at Mania for the belt. Um, let's see. Dylan says Drew's facing Sheamus at Elimination Chamber. At, at Elimination Chamber, it's all but confirmed. I, I mean, that like I said, I think that's totally possible as well. Uh, Doug says Goldberg was booked really well. Looked like a badass who came real close, but the younger guy just had the edge. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I agree with that, but you know what I mean, man. It's just one of those things. Like, if he's always losing, though, the appeal of like, and like the like the big the big moment of beating Goldberg just obviously gets diminished a little bit every time he goes out there and loses. I feel like um, it, it'll kind of happen to Brock too. Like, if the thing the difference with Brock is they like they're pretty good about like if he loses he winds up coming back looking you know pretty much stronger than ever and then by the next time he loses everyone kind of forgets about it and then he comes back and they just kind of rinse and repeat with Goldberg it's like lost Undertaker beat the Fiend which made no sense lost to Strowman lost to Drew now it's like what if he goes out there and loses to the next person he wrestles it's like okay well at a certain point I just don't care as much you know but I do agree that they, I mean, they're very smart in how they've booked Goldberg as far as, like, really, really short matches like he would have in WCW uh, versus when he came into WWE and they were having him go out there and, and making him wrestle for, like, 15, 20 minutes and stuff. And it just wasn't good because that, that isn't what he does. Uh, Tim Last says, where the heck is Murphy? I have read reports about visa issues. I wonder if he's having troubles like Dakota did. Tim, thank you for joining the chat. And I I have no idea, to be honest. I have not seen Murphy in a long time. And I think he's really, really talented. Maybe he is having problems coming over. I think I think it's, it's a total possibility. Because otherwise, I don't know. Outside of the WWE, just creative not having anything for him. Uh, which I feel like would be almost impossible considering he was like really... Well, it's something. Well, also to be fair, Rey Mysterio and Dominic just came back, and I think they both had COVID. I think that's what I read. So if maybe they've held Murphy off TV because Rey and Dominic couldn't be there, and he's so like entangled in that story right now with uh with a was it Aaliyah his uh his daughter Rey's daughter, so um. Kogan says, if it's Roman versus Edge and Drew versus Sheamus, my question is, what are they going to do with Daniel Bryan? Isn't this going to be his last hurrah before he winds down? Dude, I don't know. And Daniel Bryan's another one of those guys, too, where I think he's a pretty stand-up guy, but, I mean, he could, similar to Dean Ambrose at the time, like Mox, 
he could tell the WWE, like, I'm winding down so that they aren't, like, nagging him about re-signing or, or trying to get him on a Legends deal or something, like, right away. And maybe he's... Because he's a guy who would... It would be incredible to see Daniel Bryan in AEW, for even if it was just for, like, a year or two. Because that's how you put people over. Like, if Daniel Bryan showed up and, like, won a couple big matches and then on his way out, you know, lost to some of these up-and-coming guys, if we can get a, a big Kenny Omega-Daniel Bryan match at some point, you know how incredible that would be? I mean, jeez. Man, there would be there's so much good stuff he can do. But if he stays in WWE and, and winds down his career... That's another reason why, like, I don't think I would give Daniel Bryan the title, you know? Like, if he actually is going to leave the company and he's going to wrestle Roman Reigns, I think Roman's going to be the one that's going to be there uh, for the next decade plus, I think. Unless something really goes sideways and he leaves, but I think a lot, a lot, a lot is going to have to happen for something like that to, to go down. I mean, he basically, no I shouldn't say no-showed, but, you know, this past year when he sat at home because of COVID, which I think he had every right in the world to do, given, you know his health and stuff. Um, I have no issue at all with that, but I feel like, I mean, if, if he can, if he can do that to the WWE and then come back better than ever and finally get this monster heel push, I think Roman's going to be there. He's a lifer in the WWE, I think, you know? So, uh, I guess that's a long way of saying if Daniel Bryan's going to be around for a while, I would be cool with them giving him another, you know, big world title run or something, but not at the expense of someone like uh, not at the expense of someone like Roman Reigns that I think is just white hot right now and could be your guy for the next decade. You know what I mean? Uh, JGZ says hype for the return of N of the NCAA football game. I, I want to know. I haven't looked into it. As long as they're uh, they figured something out that's fair to the players and uh, the schools and and EA and all that stuff. Because I remember when that game went away, it was those those players were getting screwed so hard because if y'all remember they would put like number eight so in, in the like that's like was their name on the game would just be their number but it would look just like the real player and they'd have the attributes and the statistics of those players and they would even put someone on the cover who had just graduated that that, that past year so like it was all a big way of not paying any of the college players, which I, is a whole other conversation in itself, whether or not college players should should be paid. But they got screwed so hard during that that I remember like the game having to go away. So I'm interested to see how they have fixed that to be able to uh, come back. But I know there's a lot of people that are really, really hyped for that game to be coming back. Let's see... Jordan Lassiter says he should stay on as a coach slash trainer. I'm assuming you're talking about Daniel Bryan and yeah, there's no one better. I mean, that would be, he would be a massive asset to anybody, any, any company, any training school. You can actually find some of his old YouTube videos, uh, some old videos on YouTube, I should say of Daniel Bryan before he signed with the WWE. You can still find some of his old like seminars and, and kind of, uh, uh, speeches and stuff that he's that he gave during training, like before he, like back when he was the man on the Indies, and and all the guys in the Indies looked up to him and wanted to be the next Daniel Bryan out there, and you know, Ring of Honor and, and all that stuff. So, uh, I think Daniel Bryan would be a fantastic mentor, coach, trainer, anything. Um, I think his health comes first, but he lost a lot of really good years of his prime. Uh, you know, being out with uh with you know his head and neck, you know, brain issues and stuff. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I'm a humongous Daniel Bryan fan. 
I if he was on Raw, I would say, yeah, put the title on him. Like right now, I'd be fine with that. But I I just think nothing nothing's better than what they're doing with Roman right now. And I just feel like I can't stress that enough. I don't want to see Daniel Bryan beat Roman Reigns as much as I love Daniel Bryan. Uh, Throwback says this scenario could play at Edge versus Roman and Edge wins. Edge versus Bryan at SummerSlam. Daniel wins. Then Roman versus Bryan towards the end of the year. Roman wins to set up Rock versus Roman. I mean, that's possible. A lot of things would have to fall into place to make that uh, to make that happen exactly like that. But I, I mean, I think it's totally possible. And everybody, I'm a fan of everybody involved. So, yeah, we'll see. Moving on in this show, we had Sasha Banks defeating Carmella with Reginald. She retains the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, obviously, I like the result of this. I think Sasha's really, really, really good. Uh, she's one of the best female wrestlers in the world, in my opinion. And she's in the conversation, even amongst, like, regardless of gender, as far as, like, the way she moves in the ring, the her move set, the way she carries herself. Like, she, she comes across like a professional wrestler. And Carmella, I think, is doing pretty, pretty good work, to be honest. Um, I think she looks incredible. I think that... Uh, her pairing with Reginald is really good. I didn't even know what a sommelier or sommelier, however you say that, even was. I mean, I know people do wine tastings, but I didn't know that was the name of the person. And Reginald looks like he can go in the ring. Like it's really rare that I see somebody on WWE TV that I didn't, that I'm not at least somewhat familiar with from the indies or other companies. I have no idea who this Reginald guy was, where he came from. I've seen him randomly on SmackDown with Carmella a little bit over the last couple months, but he seems pretty good. Like from the little bit that I've seen of him, he, I mean, so I think that him and Carmella is a good pairing and I thought this was pretty good. And I think that Sasha winning, like I said, that's, that's exactly what I would have done. I think that's the right move. Sasha Banks holding on to that title into WrestleMania, maybe even retaining at WrestleMania. I'm not sure. Uh, but I think Sasha Banks and, you know, this is a good segue uh, with, you know, I, I would imagine Bianca Belair is going to go after Sasha Banks. And I think that because I think that would just be an incredible match. Sasha and Bianca, I think that uh, Bianca winning the Royal Rumble made her look great. I thought the women's Royal Rumble match itself was great. Uh, one of my favorite parts of this match actually was when um, when Alexa Bliss started like transforming into the fiend or whatever, and before she could transform, they eliminated her. I thought that was so funny. Uh, I'm so happy Lana didn't win. I was really, I was really worried they were gonna have her her come out at like number thirty or something, and like everyone was gonna be eliminated, and she just walk into the ring and and just win the match or something like that. So, um, I think Bianca and Sasha is. That's a, I think that's going to be a really, really good match. And the WWE seems really, really high on Bianca, as they should be. I mean, she she's great in the ring. The promo she cut after winning the Royal Rumble I thought was fantastic. And Rhea Ripley looked equally as good in that match. Like, I, I think Rhea could very well be wrestling for the title at WrestleMania anyways. Or she'll have a big match with Charlotte again, whether, the, whether it's for the belt or not. I mean, Rhea's going to be in a good spot, I think. And once again, this is this is so well-deserved. Both of them... Like, as somebody who, I'm pretty harsh on women's wrestling sometimes, and I'm really harsh on intergender wrestling sometimes, but there are, these are two perfect examples of, like, these two 1 billion percent deserve the spot that they're in right now, and push them, 
like push them. These these are they are super talented. There's a lot of really great women's talent in the WWE right now. There really is across all the brands. So when you add in guy uh, women like Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley into that mix, I I mean they they have some really 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 bright futures. I think. Let's see. Uh, Eric Clark says, what up, man? How do you... The Edge... Wait, how do you, The Edge, won the Rumble? I think you're asking how I feel about it. I'll talk about that in just a second uh, when I get to that match. But uh, spoiler alert, I, I, I really enjoyed the match. And thank you, Eric, for joining the chat. Um, But what are y'all's thoughts on Bianca Belair? I want to know that in the chat because I feel like... I feel like Bianca has been, um, like, really, like, the fans seem really behind her right now. You know what I mean? Like, and same with Rhea. I feel like this is, like, a really, really, really bright spot for the women right now. Like, you add those two into the mix, you already got Sasha as the champion. Uh, you got Asuka as the champion. I think Asuka's incredible. You got Charlotte always looming there. You got Bailey always looming there. You have Becky coming back at some point. You have Ronda Rousey maybe coming back at some point. I mean, you got good talent in NXT. You got Carmella looking good with what she's doing. I mean, I think the the women's divisions are looking really damn good in the WWE right now. Moving on, another match I really, really enjoyed. So we had Roman Reigns defeating Kevin Owens in a last man standing match to retain the WWE Universal Championship. Um... Like I said, I thought this match was incredible until they couldn't get the damn handcuffs off of Roman Reigns at the end of the match. Like, that sucked. And it was so sad because, like, the referee is supposed to be counting to 10, you know, and has to clearly, like, stop the count and try to figure out, like, hey, how are we going to, how are we going to, if we can't get him out of these handcuffs, what are we going to (laughs) do? Because it took forever to get Roman Reigns out of the handcuffs. But, uh, but other than that, I thought the match was awesome. Like, Kevin Owens jumped off of a whole bunch of cool stuff. Roman Reigns looked like an animal, which is exactly what he should be doing. I mean, Kevin Owens looked... I mean, for a guy like Kevin Owens, who I thought started off really hot in the WWE when he was NXT champion, and then the WWE clearly soured on him at some point, I think around the time he wrestled Jericho at WrestleMania in Orlando... Because I remember Vince not being happy with that match. They caught that on camera for a documentary. So I th- I feel like Kevin Owens has got to be in the good grace of the, of the WWE at this point again. Because he's looking awesome. And the right person won. I-, I feel like you can... I've said it plenty. You can't have someone go over Roman Reigns right now. And uh, and yeah, what did y'all think about this match? Because I thought this match was awesome. I mean, this whole show was really, really good. And speaking of that, the main event... A lot of good stuff. We talked about a little bit earlier. Carlito returning was awesome. Huge markout moment. Christian returning was awesome. And he looked to be in great physical condition. That was great to see. Edge and Christian out there hugging in the ring. That's good stuff. Uh, Edge winning the match. You know, I thought it was good. The story is good. I hate Edge. Or sorry, I hate Randy Orton you know, leaving for like an hour of the match and then coming back in, which brings me to a point that I would like to hear y'all's opinion on. I really feel like they need to revise the rules of the Royal Rumble. And 
there was a good example of it in the women's match as well. I believe it was Naomi. When Naomi landed on her back on the outside of the ring, and it did, and she wasn't eliminated because her feet didn't touch the ground, that's so weak. Like, th- that's such a dumb rule. Even a few years ago when Kofi did the handstand and, like, walked like around outside of the ring on his hands, I mean, it was impressive physically, but, like, you know, two hands should count as two feet. In my opinion, it should be if any body part touches the ground outside of the ring, you're eliminated. Don't care if it's one foot. Don't care if it's one pinky. Don't care. Yeah, I don't care if it's your hair brushing the ground. Like, you touch the ground, you're out. And and I would even be okay with it being where you didn't have to get thrown over the top rope. Like, if you leave, if you leave the ring and touch the outside of the ring, you're eliminated. Now, if they are going to keep doing stuff where they can go under the ropes or they can be injured and then come back later, there needs to be a rule. It's like a 10 count. Like, if you get out of the ring, there's a referee there counting to 10, and you got to get in the ring before the 10 count, or else you're out. Because otherwise, there, people should just do what Randy Orton did every year, just leave. And then when there's no one left, just come back. Santino almost pulled it off also, uh, you know, at 10 years ago, or whenever that was, uh, when Del Rio won that 40, that 40 man Royal Rumble. So they need, they need some other rules. Like there needs to be a rule in place where when your entrance music hits, you have to get into the ring before the next person gets into the ring or else you're eliminated. Cause otherwise, same thing. You could just, your music hits, you just never show up. And then you just come in at the end. It's really stupid. It really takes me out of it when that kind of stuff happens. Uh, but as far as the story that was told during this match and during both Rumble matches, I thought the, the matches were really, really good. They were really well done. But there's just those little things about them that would be really easy fixes that the WWE could implement. It's it's like three new rules that I think everybody would be into. And I don't want to speak for y'all. Let me know if you disagree. But what do y'all think about that? A rule where if you leave the ring, you got 10 seconds to get back in. If anything touches the ground, you're eliminated. No more than two feet. Like anything touches the ground, you're eliminated. And you have to enter the Rumble before the next entrant comes into the match. And if you're number 30, then you have like, you know, a minute or whatever to get into the ring. They can figure something out there. So, um, so yeah, that's how I feel about it. But Edge winning, I mean, really good match. Really good story being told. Uh, Kogan says, I will give WWE credit here. Edge winning wasn't what I would have gone with, but it still works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, personally, I probably would have went with Daniel Bryan. Sorry, it's really, really bright in this room. The sun's, like, coming right at that perfect angle through my windows. Um, But, yeah, personally, I would like to see Daniel Bryan because I think Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns is an amazing match if they give them time. But it is a good story. Edge did never lose the world championship when he had to retire. Him versus Roman Reigns is a really interesting match. And him versus Drew McIntyre is an interesting match as well. Um, and like I said at the top of the show, very different dynamics between, uh, you know, Roman and Drew uh, against Edge. But, yeah, I think the consensus has pretty much been, though, that people really like the show. And let me know. If you have any uh, anything last minute here you want to you wanna talk about, any last minute super chats, thank you once again to Deshaun Turner for sending a super chat earlier today. Um, I'll hang out here for a few minutes, just kind of answering questions and looking at the chat. 
and uh, then we'll get out of here. I'll talk about the sponsors a little bit and all that good stuff. So, uh, so what do we have here? Let me know who's uh, who's still in here watching live, so we can uh, have a little talk, little little chat, little Q and A for a couple minutes before I get out of here. We got eight minutes until we hit one hour, so that's that's kind of that's kind of perfect. We'll do like eight more minutes. Man, it is bright in here. I gotta put, uh, yeah, jeez, I gotta put my uh, my blinds down real quick. Uh, that's a little bit better. All right, so Kogan says I was fine with the one foot when Sean did it in '95. Because the presentation felt like a technicality in sports logic. Now the whole thing feels like a cheap joke when they do it all the time. Yeah, I, w I agree with you a thousand percent. That's funny. I've got lines because of my blinds now. This sun is literally like right in my face. Um, but yeah, for the story, and that was also 95, right? I mean, that would have been what the first Royal Rumble was in 88, I think. So you're talking, the thing hadn't even been around for 10 years, and it probably wasn't a pay-per-view until like 90 or so. Uh, so it was still early enough on that you could pull that kind of stuff, and that made for inter an interesting story. And there were, I mean, because there's been a lot of rule changes and stuff with the Royal Rumble over the years. Like, I remember when Bret Hart and Lex Luger tied in the Royal Rumble, and then years later... We saw The Rock and The Big Show tie as well, but then like like The Rock won, but then I think technically The Big Show won. I can't remember exactly how the story played out with that, but they all wound up in, it wound up being a four-way match at WrestleMania for the title with uh, McMahon in every corner. And then you had the one where John Cena and Batista like accidentally both eliminated themselves at the same time. And that's the one where Vince McMahon came out and like, tore both of his quads trying to get into the ring, which was super bizarre how that all went down. But the point being, they can really change these rules whenever they want to, but I'm with you, Kogan. Like, in 95, it did make sense because that whole story was like, Sean went over the top, his feet were dangling, one touched the floor, everyone thought he was eliminated, got back in the ring, won the match, and then it was like, it was a cool swerve at that time. But now, like you said, Kogan, it's it's really just like a cop out to to try to do like the wacky Kofi spot or like the wacky John Morrison spot, which those things were very impressive, by the way. Like when John Morrison just like latched onto the the uh, the barricade and stuff, and like like tightrope walked it and jumped onto the ring steps and all the cool stuff Kofi's done. I mean, it's all physically impressive, but it's also like in football where I'll probably mess the rules up as I'm saying them like off the top of my head here. But, you know, in like the NFL, you have to have two feet in when you catch the ball for it to be a, a completion, you know, that counts to advance the ball, you know, down the field. But you can have one foot in and then like, you know, like if you if you had a foot in and you fell down like on your forearm and elbow and like slid out of the, like out of bounds, like that counts as two feet, like multiple body parts have hit the ground you're in. It doesn't have to technically be the two feet. You know what I mean? Um, Throwback says, what are you excited for tonight's impact? 
Also, there were botches in the Rumble. If you look closely, Bianca touched the floor, so Rhea can say that their feet touch that her feet touched. Oh yeah, I mean, there was another one. I don't know if it was Peyton or there was somebody who definitely I can't say definitely but it looked like they fell out of the ring without meaning to like they were on the ring apron and then they kind of fell off onto their back and everyone looked a little surprised when it happened can't remember exactly who it was but I remember at some point during the women's match uh seeing that and as far as tonight's impact um let me pull up the um We pull up the the show because I honestly do not remember what all is happening tonight. Because Dreamer is a like that's like a big thing right now, right? Is like Dreamer's gonna get a title shot, but that's not happening tonight. I wish I could pull this whole thing and y'all can see it. So let's get the full preview here. And I do not know as of right now if we're going to be on the Fightful Gaming Twitch channel tonight or not. I asked, and I just I just don't know yet. But we may be live on the Fightful Gaming Twitch channel tonight watching uh, Impact Live. But uh, we may not be either. I always cover it on the Fightful Select Weekender podcast, though. I always do Impact results, so... Uh, that's Oh, that's right. Dreamer and Rich Swan is a no surrender. Let's see, private party. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going down at No Surrender. I mean, the thing that I'm looking forward to the most just in Impact right now in general, outside of like all the uh, the story that's going on with um, with Kenny Omega, the main thing that I'm the most interested in is Moose and Rich Swan because. You have to imagine that Rich Swan is going to retain the title over Tommy Dreamer, and then Moose is guaranteed his shot. So that's uh, that's what I'm really looking forward to most, I think, because I was never a big fan of Moose, but over the last six months or so, I think he's really putting it all together, and I buy him now big time as a as a title shot, like as as the champion. To be honest, like I could see him beating. Rich Swan for that title. I could see Rich Swan retaining as well, but I uh, I think that Moose will win the title at some point soon. They've really invested a lot into him, and his push has been really, really well done, in my opinion. Basically, everything since, like, from the time that he feuded with EC3 till now, I think Moose is on a different level than he was before. And then Private Party versus the Good Brothers coming up. You know, I like that matchup a lot, and I think it's really smart for Private Party because they're kind of lost in the mix right now in AEW, and that's only because AEW has an incredibly stacked tag team division, and Private Party is just kind of not like the main challengers right now over there. So it gives them something really important to do over in Impact Wrestling, and it, you know, I'd imagine most people who watch AEW. Or sorry, most people who watch Impact also watch AEW, but there's probably still a percentage of fans that watch Impact and don't watch AEW, and they may be becoming familiar with Private Party for the first time now, and I think that's a really good thing, like more exposure for for guys like Private Party, and I think in turn, at some point in the near future, I think we start seeing some of the AEW women popping up, sorry, some of the Impact Wrestling women popping up on AEW and helping their division out and also getting in front of a larger audience. 
I think Jordan Grace, I talk about her a lot. I think Jordan Grace would be incredible in AEW. Like, even if she's still signed with Impact, just her going onto AEW TV and getting some big wins. Gianna Perrazzo, I think the same thing about. I think Gianna Perrazzo and Jordan Grace are like the two best examples right now of people that Impact Wrestling has that can go on AEW TV and, and really make a big impact, if you know what I mean. So, um, all right, cool. Well, that's probably going to do it. Unless, if you guys have any last-minute Super Chats or donations, I will be sure to get to those right after I talk about our sponsors. I need to actually make this disappear for a second. There we go. Don't want any of my personal info popping up on the screen while I go log into my Facebook here. But I will be talking about our sponsors here in just a second. And like I said, any other last minute questions, statements, comments, anything you got, now is the time to let me know because I will, um, I'll read this off and if there's anything left to get to, I will uh, get to that before we get out of here. Music City. All right, so let's see how this looks. I hope this looks all right on this screen here. Yeah, good enough. So we got Music City Toys and Collectibles. This is the place to be for action figures, DVDs, autographs. I mean, anything pro wrestling related. I get a lot of my action figures from them. I get autograph 8x10s from them. Whatever it is, they got your hookup. Music City Toys and Collectibles, they just opened a, well, it's in the process of opening a physical location in Nashville, Tennessee. So their online store and everything on Facebook that they do, still going to be up and running like it always has, but they're going to have a brick and mortar soon. So huge shout out to Music City Toys and Collectibles. Make sure to follow them on all social media to search Music City Toys and Collectibles. Shout out to WrestleRumble.com. They have the best fantasy pickup contest for professional wrestling. The winner of the Royal Rumble Pick'em Contest wound up winning $1,000 cash. Second place got an NWA NWO replica title belt. And third place got a old school white strap winged eagle WWF title belt. So awesome stuff. And then they gave away uh, three title belts in their raffle too. So stay up to date with all their stuff. Get in on the contest and the raffles. Go to WrestleRumble.com and search them on all social media at WrestleRumble. Give them a follow. And speaking of follows, hit on my brother, Brian Jensen. His Twitter, sorry, his Instagram handle is BoxingATL. That's B-O-X-I-N-G-A-T-L. He is a co-owner of Steel Boxing and Athletics, a gym in Atlanta, Georgia. He helps with Parkinson's Foundations and does a whole bunch of stuff to help you reach your goals. Whether it's looking to lose weight, get in better shape, learn how to throw hands. You want to compete at an amateur level, a a professional level, if you have any kind of neurological issue, he can help you with all of these things, no matter what your age is, no matter what your gender, your sex, your race, nothing. He is going to help you reach your goals. Hit him up on Instagram, Boxing ATL. It's the best way to reach him. And that's it. Hit him up. Support him because he supports us. Same with all of our sponsors. So that's going to do it for today. You can give me a follow on Twitter at FightTalk underscore, F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. Throwback says, if you're not welcome to pop in tonight, just saying. Okay, if I'm not on uh, if I'm not on Twitch for Fightful, I may pop on in with the throwback. I'll see what's going on tonight if I'm, if I'm not needed at Fightful. So I will find out. And uh, what do I think about the Ginny-Kaylee Ray match? I thought it was really good. 
I thought it was really good. I, and I like that Kaylee Ray still won because I think she's a great champion, but I like Ginny a lot too. I thought NXT UK is doing some really good stuff. I love Ben Carter. Uh, I think he's going to be a humongous asset to NXT UK. Um, Walter, obviously incredible. Tyler Bates, still incredible. Jordan Devlin's coming back this week uh, with an open challenge, I believe. And uh, Jordan Devlin is fantastic. I mean, they got a, a, a kid is doing great. Uh, Dragunov is awesome. Dragunov versus Walter last year was incredible. So a lot of good stuff on NXT UK. A lot of good stuff. Um, so yeah, that's it. Fight, fight talk underscore on Twitter. F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore. You can listen to the Fightful Select Weekender podcast at FightfulSelect.com. I talk independent wrestling and Impact and Ring of Honor and everything going on outside of the WWE. But I also talk about 205 Live and NXT UK. I talk being the elite as well. So a lot of stuff over there. And what else we got going on? All things MMA on YouTube. You can check that channel out. And actually, as a matter of fact, I'm on Jesse's. I'm on Jesse's YouTube right now. But uh, y'all should check this channel out, All Things MMA. I uh, edit a lot of their videos. And I didn't edit this one, but a week ago, 6 million views right there on that uh, UFC 257 recap. So really happy with what thing, you know, everything going down at All Things MMA on YouTube. So shoot them a follow. Because uh, like I said, I do a lot of their uh, their video editing. Mainly through uh, for this series. The UFC record series is uh, something that I work on pretty often. So check that stuff out. Uh, I can't remember what else is going on this week, but I always try to keep it updated on my Twitter, fighttalk underscore. So follow me there. I think I'm going to be back. I'll probably come back the rest of the week. I had a good time talking to y'all, interacting in the chat. So I'll probably come back on here tomorrow sometime in the afternoon and maybe Thursday, maybe Friday. We might do this all week. We'll see. And like I said at the top of the show, huge congratulations to Jesse Davin. This is her channel, of course. And, you know, we're very, very happy that her and her family and everything going on over there, brand new daughter, the picture she sent, she sent me of Savannah and Charlotte together, Charlotte. I call her Charlotte every time. Scarlet. Scarlet. I hate myself that I always mess her name up. I lo- I, she sent me pictures of Scarlet and Savannah together for the first time and uh, very, very heartwarming. So... Huge uh, thoughts going out to Jesse and her family. We're all so happy for her, and hopefully she'll be back here on the channel soon, but she's got some, some pretty important stuff going on at home.